You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Well, we are in this series, this four-week series, and we are at week four of Teachers to Pray. Can someone say Teachers to Pray? Teachers to Pray. It's been a little bit different as we have taught through some prayers But we hope that they've been really accessible for you to then own and adopt. And we've been saying to put them on, put the prayers on. And what we mean by that is enter in them, make them your your own, own them, appropriate them. And it's been great in our prayer meetings actually hear people praying out the names of God, working through Psalm 23 without being prompted. We know that in their private time they've been owning these prayers and hopefully they've been a blessing to you. And so we turn to our final installment today. I'm so excited to preach this message. It's the prayer of Jabez. The prayer of Jabez in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And if you've got a Bible or device, why don't you make your way to 1 Chronicles in the Old Testament Uh, You know, the first nine chapters of 1 Chronicles is really a list of names. It's hard going to read through. I remember the very first time I read the Bible from cover to cover. I remember hitting 1 Chronicles and I read every name because with integrity, I wanted to say, I have read the whole Bible. But I've got to say, when I get there again, I kind of scan a little bit, if I'm honest, because it's this guy's a father of this guy's a father of this guy's a father of this guy, chapter 2. And uh, really, very little insight is given. You get the occasional comment where it just says, and he was a great warrior. And then this guy, and then this guy, and then, you know, this was a bad guy. And then this guy, and out of 600 names in the first four chapters, the Lord stops and makes comment about one person. And it's this person, Jabez. And he stops, and it's as if what Jabez is recorded as doing was, was of note more than the other 600 people. You know, there's normally about 600 people in this service, including kids. Can you imagine if we were in that era and we were just a list of names? And it was like Martin and Mark and Esther and Jonathan, but, but Judith. And then it stops and there's one person among all of us where God says, oh, I want to tell you about her. And the thing with Jabez is it wasn't what he did, it was what he prayed and he stops, and, and the Lord, it's like he, he stops the track to say, let me tell you about this guy. But it wasn't what he did, it's what he prayed. You know, that's really, that's spoken to me as I've been preparing for this. That, you know, do we underestimate the value to God of prayer, the significance of prayer? If he was to write up one thing about your life, would it be a prayer? Kind of, we don't think it would be a prayer, but it might be a prayer. But when they were 35 years old, they prayed this prayer. Wow. And this is what it says of Jabez. So if you've got your Bible, why don't you turn with me, although it will come on the screens, chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. It says this, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez. And the footnote tells us that this name means pain. She named him pain, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me. And enlarge my territory, let, my, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. I think the first thing we notice here is that he's given this terrible name. Now, I don't think I know anybody with a more unfortunate name than pain. Can you imagine the playground? 
you know, I don't know about you, when my surname's Story, and you know, when, when I was little growing up, the kids would be, oh, Martin Story, tell us a story. It's like, you know, they're just... And then a new kid had come, and they clocked my name with Story, and they'd say, like, they're the first person to ever think of it. And it's like, yeah, right, great, thank you. Can you imagine being called Pain? Woo, you're a pain, you're a pain, you are pain, oh, what a pain. You're such a pain. He is, he is a pain. You are pain. I mean, can you imagine... Been invited around, someone comes around for dinner, it's like, oh, this is our kids, it's Sarah and Stephen and Joshua, this is pain. You know, they're going, oh, great, thanks for that. You know, and he's living under this label. I don't want to say to you, you know, you, probably we haven't been given an unfortunate birth name, but how many of us are living under some label? Living under something that maybe in our, in our hearts, in our minds, Something that's honest, maybe something that we've walked through circumstantially. You know, I, I know some things in life, they take their toll on us. And sometimes we can be more conscious of them than other people. And maybe some of us, we've walked through divorce or redundancy or bankruptcy or experienced abuse or there can be some things, depression. And they can be like a label on us, they can limit us. And I want to say these can be massive things in our lives and sometimes we can be healed in a moment. Often we have to journey and work through the wholeness. But I want to say there's no label that God wants you to remain under. No, nothing. And He can lead you out as part of the sound in the house this morning of breakthrough, of coming out. Some chains being broken. I believe there's an anointing here in this house for some people to walk out from under a name today. And Jabez, he, he, he has this name. You know, some of us, we just, we've allowed some things to be spoken over our lives or we've even spoken them over ourselves. Maybe that we're insignificant or we're stupid or we're ugly or there's some things. And it's not what God says about you. And if it's not what God says about you, it's a name you need to come out from under. And this account begins by saying he cried out to God. Can someone say cried out? He, he, cried, he cried out to God. There's a time to cry out to God. We've been learning in this series, there are all kinds of prayer. There's time to be still before the Lord. There's time to bring prayers and petitions with thanksgiving, but there's times to cry out. The Bible says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. You know what that means? It, the, the fervent the word fervent, it means with passionate intensity. Have you ever prayed with passionate intensity? I want to tell you, if no burden has ever come upon you, if you've never been so burdened by your own situation that you've cried out to God, you're missing out on something of what prayer can be. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. I remember when my, my family, we'd become Christians all except for my dad. I remember every day I prayed for my dad. Remember one day a burden came upon me, like I'm not experienced for, I can remember being in my bedroom, I was on my face before God, I literally was weeping for my dad's salvation, and I cried out to God, oh God, save this man, come, weeping before the Lord. Three days later he gave his life to Jesus. Now sometimes we've got, now I'm not saying God was waiting all the time for that prayer, but there is a prayer to be prayed that has some passion. God is not deaf that we have to shout for Him to hear us, although some of us pray like that is the case. 
Some of us can pray, need to learn to pray quieter, but some of us need to cry out to God. I'm speaking to somebody. <laughs> and he prays, and he, he prays his prayer. And over the last few weeks, I've been praying his prayer. And it's been so beautiful, so powerful to put it on. I want to encourage you this week. We come out of 21 days, but we got to keep going with our momentum. So I want to... This week, pray the prayer of Jabez every day. So simple, just four parts. And firstly, he prays this, Oh, that you would bless me. I want to Can we pray that together? Oh, that you would bless me. It's a prayer for blessing. Some translations, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. The, the literal translation, Oh, that you would bless me with blessings. And the Hebrew word barak for blessings, to bless, Barak or Baruch, is, it means the picture, the Hebrew picture, is that God in blessing would stoop down, stoop down out of His greatness and His abundance and everything that He is, that He'd stoop down and put into our lives what He has and we don't. Who, who, who needs what God has and what you don't? Just half the room. Listen, I tell you, we all need what He has. He has everything. Oh, that you'd bless me. Indeed, it's like exclamation mark, exclamation. You emoji people, it's like hundred, hundred, hundred. Oh, oh, you're blessing God. Pour it out, God. Stoop down. David says, Psalm 18, that you would stoop. Thank you. You've stooped down to make me great. He said, you, you bless me. You put something into my life that I didn't have. And now look at me. You stoop down out of your greatness and make this is blessing. So we pray, oh God. So I've been praying this prayer saying, God, that you bless me. God, stoop down and pour into my life your love. That I might have an overflow of love for every person that I meet. God, would you, your grace is amazing. My, my grace is so finite, left to me and my flesh. Oh God, would you bless me with your amazing grace that I will be a grace-filled person. Lord, you are the creator of the heavens and the earth. You have every idea that is worth having. God, I need your ideas and your creativity. Stoop down, Lord, that you bless me indeed. Give me creative ideas. Lord, you are, you are the cattle on a thousand hills. Would you stoop down? Would you bless our family? Give us an abundance of resource so that we can be a blessing to others. But I believe this is so much more than finance. It can include finance, but so much more the blessing of the one who is everything. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. But I've also been praying, God, help me to be positioned for blessing. Genesis 12, 2 he says to Abraham, I'll bless you and you will be a blessing. I believe God is not looking primarily for someone to give to, but someone to give through. And we position ourselves, we can pray for blessing, but we also see that Abraham's blessed because he's a person of faith. We see actually right through the Bible that blessing follows certain things like faith and obedience and surrender. I love Psalm 1. It says blessed. Can we, can we note that? Blessed. Blessed is the one. Oh, hello. We're about to find out how you get blessed. Blessed is the one, this is how the Psalms open up, who does not walk in step with the wicked. 
So I don't know what you've been doing this last week or what you're planning to do this week, but if you want to be blessed, you need to come out of step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take. So I need to take a different path or sit in the company of mockers. So I'm not going to mock. I'm not going to ridicule. I'm going to be careful with, with criticism. I'm going to take sarcasm out of my life because I don't want to sit in that place but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, the ways of God and the word of God who meditates, has these things in his heart day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Amen. (laughs) Whatever they do prospers. Uh, You know, that's part of my prayer, God. If I walk in these ways, this is your promise to me. I have to take the Bible as a whole. There can be trials and challenges and difficulties, but the overarching theme of the Bible is that we walk in God's ways and what we do will prosper because His blessing will be upon us. I remember a couple coming to me one time and saying, we want you to bless our marriage. I said, how long have you been married? They said, about a year. I said, "We we, we need you to bless our marriage. So I said, well, look, I'm, I'm happy to pray for you, but let me give you a secret. If you want a blessed marriage, then agree in this marriage that God is going to take preeminence, that you're going to honor Him with your lives. You're going to honor Him in your household. You're going to honor Him with your finance. You're going to learn to pray together. You're going to love one another. You're going to submit out of reverence to Christ to one another. You're going to prefer one another. They're trying to out-love each other and out-give to each other. I said to this young man, I said, if you love this young lady as Christ loved the church, cherish her, love her, pour yourself out for her, go after her, woo her. Even when she doesn't really make you feel like that, she will flourish in that environment. And young lady, if you understand that, that if you honor this man, if you respect him, if you love him, he will thrive as you do that. And you build him up. And you can walk in the ways of God. Go and read Ephesians 5. You'll learn how to live a blessed marriage. Now let me pray for you. Because actually the blessing of God comes upon aligned lives to his will and his purpose and obedience. So, so I've been praying, oh God, stoop down and pour in your love and your grace and your resource, and your health, and your ideas. And Lord, help me to walk in a way that would attract your blessing. You you can't not bless me because I'm so submitted and surrendered to you. Oh, that you would bless me. But you know when God answers that prayer, when he pours into you, then you're going to need to do something with that because you're somebody that he's not just given to, but that he wants to give through. So the second part, Jabez prays this, and enlarge my territory. Can we pray that together? It's a prayer for influence. Now for some of us, you know, our, our lives are entirely consumed by us. And I want to tell you today that God has a life for you that is bigger than you. God has a life for you that is bigger than you. God wants to enlarge you and let you know the joy of being enlarged, being a bigger person than the person you would be just all on your own. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, We are God's workmanship, His handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that He prepared in 
Ah, this blows me away. He prepared them in advance for us to do. The Bible's just said in chapter 1 that He chose us in Him before the foundations of the earth. In other words, before He said, let there be light, He saw you and He called you and He's got good works, which He's already prepared for you just to find Him and step into them. If that doesn't make you believe you have a purpose, I tell you. Oh God, enlarge my territory that you would be, that I would be everything that you have called me to be. This is Jabez's prayer. Enlarge the place where I am. I believe his plan, friends, is for us to be fruitful in every season. There are seasons of constriction. There are seasons of God's working in our lives, of hemming us in, of preparing us, of dealing with us. Of restriction. I, I know those seasons. You look through the Bible, it's the way God works, it's the way God prepares a woman of God and a man of God. It's it's under, it's in the furnace and it's under his hand. And yet, even in those seasons, he calls us to be fruitful. You can love the person in your office this week. I want to tell you, you are the pastor in your office this week. Student, you're you're the pastor on your course this week. Who else is going to be the pastor on your course? Who's the chaplain in your gym? You are. Hello? It's gone very quiet in the room. Oh, that you would enlarge me, even in those seasons. God, you just love someone. Care for someone. Prophesy over someone. You don't need to say, thus saith the Lord. Just speak a word of life into them. Let's see, where did that come from? You can minister to people. You can be a blessing where you are. You know, I, I, I'm amazed what God has, has done with my life. I don't want to be rude about my family because my, my mom and dad are just beautiful people and I grew up in a loving and secure home, which is more than, than it was a head start and a lot of people, I know that. But, our, but really, our family perspective, we were not Christians. It was, it was so small. We never traveled. I, I never went on a plane till I was 19. We didn't get saved till I was 17. We didn't go to a church. So my dad went to work. My mom mainly stayed at home, looked after the home. Me and my sister went to school. We, we came home. We had our tea. We watched the telly. On the weekend, we did the chores. On a really exciting weekend, my parents would want to go to a garden center. I mean, I mean that's my world. In December, Esther and I fly out to Singapore, minister in a church of thousands of people. I'm going, God, you have enlarged me from the place that I came from. And he keeps enlarging me. And I say, God has a purpose for you. We want to say a big thank you in this message as we have the last two weeks to Church of the Highlands in, in Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama, and in particular, Pastor Chris Hodges. What an incredible, world-changing church that is. And, and he tells a story in, in teaching through this prayer of Jabez about a visit to a church in Bogota, Colombia, with 200,000 people that he went to visit uh, before he was a senior pastor where he is now. And uh, just being amazed what God was doing there. And they had an altar call and people responded to the gospel for the first time and they were ushered out to another room. So Chris snuck out his seat. He wasn't becoming a Christian. He's already a, a minister. But he came out and he followed them because he just wanted to see what they did. 
And he's amazed because they got in this room, all these new believers, and uh, they were taking photos of the new believers, and it was like a Polaroid Instamatic camera, and then they were cutting the faces out, and they gave all the new believers a brand new Bible, but inside the Bible there was a picture, and the picture was of a sea of thousands of people, and a preacher preaching to thousands of people, only the preacher's face was missing, and they cut out the person that had just got saved, and they slotted it in, and they stuck it on, and so they gave him a Bible and said, this is you! You didn't just get saved from your sins. You have a purpose. Wow, what a start. You go out from that day. Oh, I better get ready. God has got a life for you bigger than you. Why do you turn to your neighbor and say, God has got a life for you bigger than you. And I've been in those seasons that some of you might be in right now where I've been praying, oh God, enlarge my territory. Oh God, don't forget me. God, I'm hemmed in. God, would you open a door for me? God, hear my prayer, God. Lord, if you want me to stay here in this limited place and serve you all the days of my life, I will, but I feel like you made me for something more. And some of you need to pray that. That's that's your enlarge my territory prayer right now because you're in one of those seasons. But invariably in my life, it's not been long before the Lord's answered that prayer and he's enlarged me and put me under something and then I've gone, ah! This is too big. I'm like a toddler in his dad's shoes. I'm like, oh God. Not that much. I feel in one of those seasons right now. The start of this year, I, some leaders in the city have been asking me, I felt God speak to me. There's a season change and I, I've agreed to take the lead on an initiative called Open Heaven. You might have heard us begin to talk about the desire to to unify the churches across the city, to prayer walk every street in our city in the month of June this year. And we're unifying the Anglicans and the the Baptists, the Methodists, the Charismatics, meeting the Catholics, uh, Father Tom this week, because they want to be in. Some Charismatic Catholics are really excited about this project. And God is unifying the churches and stirring us to prayer walk our city. But the goal isn't to prayer walk every street. The, The goal is to see the transformation of our city for the glory of Jesus. And this is just next level of prayer strategy. We're going to just get out there. We're going to speak blessing and kingdom come and salvation. Every street in our city in the month of June. But then it's going to lead on to not all inside this year. But strategic prayer, spiritual mapping, addressing strongholds, territorial spirits. We've got to open up the heaven over our city. And then mission on the ground, see what God will do. I'm literally, we're going after city transformation for the glory of Christ. Crime rate down, poverty eradicated, divorce rate down. Whatever metric you want to give, the kingdom of God come. Every church that preaches Christ filled to the the brim. Who wants to see that? And so so we're going to pray. And I find myself at the forefront of this, spearheading this. Going, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never walked this way before. And so I've actually been praying... I've been praying the last few weeks, God, enlarge this territory. God, would you help me? Enlarge my capacity, God. Enlarge my confidence, God. Grow my faith, God. Lord, would you help me? Stretch me. Stretch me beyond the limitations that that I have in myself, God. Stretch me beyond my own insecurities and my own fears and my own uncertainties. God, would you help me to step into this This assigned mission, God. This assigned position for you. Help me. Would you enlarge me and make me bigger as a person? 
I agreed to do this, and the next day we got a, a phone call. One of the leading voices in the church worldwide on city transformation and national transformation is an Argentinian evangelist called Ed Silvoso. Some of you will know the name Ed Silvoso. For the last 20, 30 years, he's invested his life into this. We got a call the next day from his organization saying, uh, we want to do our European conference in the UK in the month of June, and we want to do it in the city of Coventry. And someone's phoning me saying, is this an unhelpful diary clash? I said, no, it's a divine connection. I said, when do they want to do it? They want to do it on the last three days of the month. So we are just going to pray with the whole city. And then Ed Silvosa is going to be in this building, it seems. And so I, and I'm going, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. So you need to help me. No, Esther, myself, we've, we've not eaten any food for 21 days. Partly to seek God. We'll break fast tonight. Partly to seek God, but partly because we need it. We need God. i got to step into 2020 in my own strength. But what happens when God blesses you and He pours out His blessing, He pours out all that He has that you don't, and then He enlarges your territory, you're going to need Him, right? So this is what Jabez then prays. He prays because he's weighing over his head. He says, let your hand be with me. Can we pray that together? He prays for presence. The hand of the Lord is the power of the Lord and the presence of the Lord. In Acts 4, they prayed, God, stretch out your hand to perform miracles, signs, and wonders. And the place where they were meeting was, was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke his word boldly. The presence of God. In Acts 11, it speaks about one of the most significant New Testament churches just being birthed, the church at Antioch. And it says, some of them, however... Men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them. The Lord's hand was with them. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. In Exodus 33, 15, Moses says, if your, if your presence, we know this, Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. He knew, it wasn't that he just loved the presence of God. He knew he needed the presence of God. So he goes on to pray, how will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? You know, we're praying, God, would you touch what I touched this week? I don't know about you, but I need the presence of God and the hand of God where I am. No, don't leave the house this week without praying, God, I need your hand with me today. I need your hand with me as I go into that meeting. As I go to negotiate that deal, Lord, would your hand be with me? I need your presence in that factory. As I drive my Uber today and all the people come into my car, I need your hand with me. Would my car be the most presence-filled Uber in the whole of the UK? The people would come in and go, whoa, this is different. They thought they were paying for a taxi ride. They're paying for the presence of Jesus because you're the driver. Who needs the hand of God with them this week? I, I tell you. So we're praying, God, stoop down and pour in all that you have, enlarge my territory, but God, that your hand would be with me. I need your presence, God. We've always tried to live our lives under the hand of God, going where, where he's leading and not going where he's not leading. I remember working for a company and, and they wanted to relocate us. We were living in Nottingham, we were working marketplace jobs, but, but felt called to the church where we were and the head office of the company I worked for was in Reading. I did five different roles with them, and every role they wanted me to relocate to head office. But I had to say, I'm sorry, I can't come. And everybody else in my group, they, they were relocating. But I said, sorry, I can't come. But the, faith, the hand of God was on us where we were. 
Because the hand of God was on us where we were. Not only would we not move, but the favor of God was on our lives. So I kept outdoing all of my peers with my results. So they promoted me anyway. I was the only person in, in, my, in my peer group in the company who got a desk and head office but was allowed to work from home in a different city. But I remember a couple of years in, we, we went down, we knew some church leaders at a church near to Reading. We thought, you know, if, if it was right to move, we, I think we'd probably worship there. So we'll, we'll go and just see. We'll spy out the land, see if God's in it. We had this most beautiful weekend. It was an end of Maybank holiday weekend. The sun shone the whole time. We ate great food. We laughed a lot. We had the best weekend. But do you know what? God's hand wasn't on it. We just knew in our spirits, it's not it. And we drove back up the road. We said, Lord, thank you for a great weekend, but your hand's not on it. I had to phone my boss and say, I'm not moving. And I understand if you can't promote me, I'll have to look for a job elsewhere. But I'm not moving. Because we're not moving out from under the Lord's hand. I need his presence too much. I need his presence more than anything in my life. I'm not moving out from under the hand of God. When God pours out his blessing, when he pours into you all that he is and all that you're not, and he enlarges your territory and his hands with you, guess what? All hell's going to break loose. That's right, because we're, we're in a battle and Jabez prays this. And keep me from harm. Can we pray that together? He prays for protection. I know we know this verse because it gets quoted so often from Ephesians 6, but I, I'm also aware that so many Christians I meet, they might know the verse and quote the verse, but it doesn't appear to me like they live the verse. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. My friends, we have to learn to fight in prayer, to learn to, to fight, to take authority against the enemy. And Jabez prays, God, that you would keep me from harm. Lord, Lord, I need your protection. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, your enemy I'll tell you, we all have an enemy. Whether we're Christian or not, you have an enemy. The difference is if you're Christian, you have a victory. But you have an enemy, whether you are in, in Christ or out of Christ. The enemy, your devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. His name is the adversary. He is against you. And if you seek to walk in the blessing of God, in the territory that God has marked out for you and with his presence, then he's going to try and come against you. You need to learn to pray for protection and take authority over yourself and your family. He's the accuser. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It says in that verse that the devil prowls around like, like. Can someone say like? We've just been singing, our God is the lion. The lion of the tribe of Judah, roaring in power, fighting our battles. Who can stand against him? No one. No one. No one. So there's this one that will come against us. Thank God we have the lion roaring with power, fighting our battles. But we need to learn to pray. We need to learn to fight. And our prayer times on a Sunday morning, often Esther will begin by saying, Today, heaven and hell await the outcome of this day. And nearly every week I pray this prayer. God Almighty, would you open a heaven over this house today? 
Give us freedom in praise and worship. Holy Spirit, presence yourself in this place today. And I take authority in the name of Jesus of every vile, unclean, disruptive spirit that might seek to come into this house. And I command you to have no voice today. You're silenced in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, you will place your angels on the door of this house that any spirit trying to come in and disrupt or detract from your presence and what you want to do will either be kept out or silenced in Jesus' name. And Lord, let your will be done. And some of you walk in and go, oh, there's a lovely sense of the presence of the Lord, but somebody went to war for it. Hello? Who's going to war over your household this week? It better be you. And there's a name. There's a name. The name above every name. The name of Jesus. And whatever might try and come against you, his name is more powerful. If you've ever been involved in, in deliverance, you will know how his name is more powerful than you realized. The demons are terrified of his name. They're terrified of his blood and they're terrified of the word of God. I was once praying with a fellow minister for a, a person who'd been afflicted for many years spiritually. We're praying him for him to get set free and thank God he got set free but while we started to pray for him he was, he was sitting on a chair and then he slid off the chair and he's on the floor and he's rolling around and I, I had this sense I needed to read this scripture I just said to my friend that I'm ministering with I said I really feel that I need to read out loud um, uh, Luke chapter 15 and there's a voice came from the floor no and I looked down this guy's like this so we went we will most definitely be reading Luke chapter 15 and so we, like we had to get this guy to work with us. So you've got to cooperate here. And we, like we had to work with him to get his hands off his ears. And we read the word of God and he was set free. I tell you, the, there is power in the word of God. So we pray, you've got to pray over your kids. Pray for the hand of God. They might go into the playground. They might go into that school. You can't go with them. But the hand of God can go with them. And you can take authority in the name of Jesus. As a parent, if you've got kids, I take authority in the name of Jesus in the authority invested in me as a parent. Satan, you take your hand off their lives in the name of the matchless name of Jesus. By the power of his blood. Devil, you have no right, no room over my kids. But who's praying that prayer in your household? This is the prayer of Jabez. Oh, that you bless me indeed. Oh, that you'd enlarge my territory. Oh, that your hand will go with me. And God, keep me from harm, protection. I say, God. And so I've been praying this prayer. I've been praying some of these prayers of authority. I've also been praying, God, would you protect me? Place a hedge of protection around my life and around my family. Thank you. Your name is a strong tower. And I place your name over my household this week. I place your name over my family this week. And I pray, God, would you protect us? Protect us from any evil scheme of the devil. I thank you for the power that is in your name. And I pray, God, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. In the face of temptation, God, that I might be resilient and steadfast. God, would you help me in trials to hold on to you and to push through. And when everything that the devil's thrown at me has been thrown at me, that I'd still stand. Lord, would you help me in Jesus' name? And then Jabez gets to the end of his prayer and he prays this. Well, he finishes the prayer and he said, and that I would be free from pain. And I think this is so beautiful that, that actually he doesn't focus on his problem. He focuses on his promise. But at the end of it, he knows that actually if the blessing of God has come on him, if his territory has been enlarged, if the hand of God is with him and God protects him, then everything that would have limited him 
Every name that would be over people's lives here, if we pray this prayer and God answers this prayer in this way, then that name will mean nothing anymore. And he prays that I might be free from pain. In the New King James, he prays this. I find this really moving. He prays in the New King James Version that I may not cause pain. Oh, he's lived under this idea that his, his mom has called him pain because he was a cause of pain. I don't, we don't know what was happening in her life. I've got to speculate it was more than the pain of childbirth. Or every child would get called pain, right? Some of the women need to say, Amen! So maybe something was going on in that situation. I don't know. I'm speculating, but maybe the way that this baby had been conceived, I mean, you don't know, but it's like, did I cause that? Am I the cause of that? Am I the cause of pain to people? I don't want to be a cause of pain. I want to tell you, whatever might be limiting your life, it's not just limiting you, it's limiting those God wants you to reach an impact. We hold on to these names and actually they cause limitation over other people because God wants us to be free from them. The need to pray. That's why in this house we've raised up a, a prayer army to pray every day over the people of God and a prayer shield to align our prayers every week. That's why this year we'll have regular times of prayer and fasting because we need to keep the prayer temperature high because what the Lord is leading us into, we need Him to bless us. He, he is enlarging us. We need His hand with us and we need His protection. And so we need to keep on praying. You need to keep on praying. I wonder, can the band come and join me? Church, why don't we stand together? We're going to pray this prayer together here as we come in to finish. So, you know, I've been praying over these last few weeks, oh God, stoop down and pour into me all that you have and all that you are. God, would you give me what I don't have? God, would you enlarge my territory, take me to every place you want to take me, God. Let me stand tall as a son in every conversation and every meeting and every connection. Lord, enlarge this territory. Enlarge my faith and enlarge my capacity for your glory. I've been praying, God, may I live a life of influence for you. And Lord, I need your hand. I need your hand. More than anything else, God, I need you to be with me. I need your presence and I need your power. I need your touch. I need you to touch whatever I'm going to touch. And Lord, would you protect me? Would you watch over me? As I go about your business, God, place a hedge of protection around me and I take authority over the enemy and any schemes, any vile thing that would seek to trip me up. So you have no right over my life. 